Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Welcome to all of you. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online. It's good for us to gather together here this evening to remember, to remember the death of the one who saves us, to remember the, one, the death of the one who gives us new life. And so if we can, I want to go into my slides now, Elizabeth. All right. For the last four weeks, uh, if you've been with us, we've been following Jesus on the way to the cross. Four weeks ago, we started that uh, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 51. We read these words, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set his face to go to Jerusalem. And so we've been following as Jesus went from north of Galilee, as far away from Jerusalem as he could get. And we've been following Jesus through Galilee and then into Samaria and then around down the Jordan River and then into Jerusalem itself. And, and tonight... We complete the journey. Tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to have a series of readings and songs. And in that, we're going to walk with Jesus. The final nine hours along the way, we're going to start with the arrest of Jesus in the garden and watch as he is tried and nailed to a cross. And we will spend the six hours on the cross with Jesus as well. We'll do that with scripture readings. We'll do that with songs. We'll do that with a time of silence as well. In all of it, we want to remember Remember a night that is holy, a day that is in a strange way good. What I want to do before we start that process, though, is I want to take a couple of minutes and think about one section of one of the passages with you, okay? I want to take a look at Luke 23, verses 35 to 39. It's a section where we read about the, the mockers who are at the cross. At this point in the story, Jesus has been uh, nailed to the cross. He's been lifted up. He's there between two criminals. And what happens next is three different groups come and they mock him. They sneer at him. They insult him. Luke 23, starting at verse 35. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, if he is the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar. It was to try to ease the pain. And they said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. If you're the king of the Jews. You see, there was a, high, a sign right above him, a written notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. So do something about it. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. And us. This is God's word. I want to think about what was going on there with that mockery and the insults. And certainly a part of it was just the, the nastiness of human beings. But, but I think Luke would have us understand that there was something else going on there. And, and it was a challenge for Jesus. And I want to get at the real challenge there. And so in order to understand that, I want us to go way back to something that happened right at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, three years before he went to the cross, when he was about 30 years old. It's recorded for us way back in Luke chapter 4. Jesus has just been baptized. He's been in the Jordan River, and John the Baptist has baptized him, and the, uh, the dove came and filled Jesus. The Holy Spirit came, and the voice of the Father said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And when that's done, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Uh, the wilderness would have looked something like this, barren rocks, very little, if any, vegetation. 
And, and Jesus begins by spending 40 days fasting, all right? He, hungry, he doesn't eat anything for 40 days. And that's when the devil comes. And the devil tempts him three times. You might remember these. Let me remind you of them if you don't. But Luke 4, verse 3, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, notice that, all right? Just tuck that away in the back of your brain. If you are the son of God, and I think the devil is saying, I know you are. You know you are. If you are the son of God, we talked a little while ago about saying that title God's son was also one for the Messiah. If you're the Messiah, well, then tell this stone to become bread. Come on, Jesus. And as Jesus looks at the stone, I imagine just the voice of, of the devil continuing to push on it. Jesus, buddy, I'm on your side. Let me say, almost all the time when the devil comes to us, that's how he starts. I mean, he started that way with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? I'm on your side. I want what's best for you, Jesus. This is silly, okay? There's no reason for you to be hungry. You don't need to do this. You know, all this stuff that the Father talked about, about you suffering and how great it's going to be, you don't have to suffer. You're God's son. You're the Messiah. You're his boy. Come on, Jesus. Just have a little bite to eat. You don't have to suffer. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, then the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And I think it wasn't just all the kingdoms at that time. Somehow in this instant, he saw all the kingdoms from all times. And again, the temptation was there. You can have it all. Right now, Jesus, if you worship me, if you bend the knee, it will all be yours. Just, just two seconds. Just two seconds of hail Satan. Just two seconds of singing my song. And it's all yours, all the kingdoms of the world. I have the right to give them to you. That's why you came, right? Again, I'm on your side. You came to be the king of kings. <laughs> you came to be the Lord of lords, right? I, I can make it happen right now and he could have you can be the king was the temptation without the cross this suffering your father is so crazy you don't have to do that you don't have to do that jesus answered it is written worship the lord your god and serve him only and then the devil put him on the corner of the temple okay at the high point of the temple, it's probably about 80 to 100 feet of, of temple underneath him. And then it goes down into the Kidron. Really, it's a cliff. It's a couple, three, 400 feet by the time you get to the bottom of the valley. And the devil says, if, there we are again, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Throw yourself down from here. There was a, 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 a rumor, a, a, a belief that a number of people held at that time that the Messiah, when he came, he would, he would jump off the corner of the temple and God's angels would protect him. He would live. Go ahead, Jesus, do it. Take a leap of faith. Don't live in fear. Live in faith. For it is written, he will command his angels, Psalm 91, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you very carefully. Come on, Jesus, do something spectacular. 
Do something amazing. Make a splash by not splashing. Make a splash. And I tell you this, you'll get big crowds. Jesus, let's be serious. You don't need a cross. I can give it to you right now. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Three temptations, three words of God. Three times Jesus stood up to it. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him. Jesus had beat him. And it was, well, actually it wasn't over. Most of us don't notice it. He left him until an opportune time. The the devil didn't walk away and say, well, I'm done. He beat me. No, he left him for an opportune time. He left him. And I think what Luke wants us to know, even though we will not see the devil this directly again, that behind so many things and behind what we're going to look at tonight, the devil was continually, continually looking to derail Jesus, especially when he set his fate resolutely to Jerusalem, especially when he started that journey, when when he put his game face on, the devil knew he had to stop him. And what I want to tell you is tonight that I really believe that Luke would have us understand that the mocking voices at the cross, it wasn't, it wasn't what they thought was so good. I mean, the, the people who are doing it, the three groups, they're, they're convinced they're hilarious. They're convinced they're putting Jesus in his face, in his place, right? But in reality, I think what we're seeing is the last attempt by the devil to stop Jesus. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Watch how this parallels those earlier temptations. The rulers are the first ones, right? The religious leaders of the people of Israel, they said he saved others. They won't talk to Jesus. They're above that, but they sneered at him and they said, he saved others, let him save himself. If, there we are again, if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one, it sounds a lot like what the devil said. If you're God's son, if you're the Messiah, you don't have to suffer. And I imagine the problem that Jesus felt was not that, oh, they're making fun of me. It was the voice of Satan in his ear saying, they're right, you know. And they were. (laughs) That's part of the irony of this passage. They they were right. (laughs) You are the Messiah. You are the chosen one. And, And let's just face it, Jesus. I want to tell you, well done. You have taken away so much suffering. Wow. Great job in the last three years. You have done so much for so many people. Isn't it time you take care of yourself a little bit? I mean, don't you think enough is enough? You've done so much for so many others. Let's just call it a day. You don't have to stay on the cross. The worst is yet to come. You don't have to be here. Go ahead. Save yourself. Come on down from the cross, Jesus. Come on down. You're the next contestant on Miracles Are Us. Go ahead. Save yourself. Let him save himself. And then come the soldiers. They offered him wine vinegar to try to maybe cut the pain some. And they said, again, if. If you're the king of the Jews, <laughs> save yourself. Come on, Jesus, save yourself. Again, they think they're making fun of him, but the devil is there saying, you know, Jesus, they have a point. They're right too. Uh, you are. 
You are the king of the Jews. <laughs> like you were the king of the Jews before David. You were the king of the Jews before, you know, before Saul. You were the king of the Jews before there were Jews. I'm just trying to help you out here. And as Jesus hangs in anger, anguish rather on the cross, the devil is saying, come on, you're the king. Always have been, always will be. I won't dispute that. I'll let you go. Come down from this cross and these people will follow you anywhere. Go ahead. Save yourself. Save yourself. Let him save himself. Save yourself. And then one of the criminals. Again, the third mock. One of the criminals. Aren't you the Messiah? Aren't you the son of God? Aren't you supposed to be some big highfalutin guy who can do all this amazing stuff? Save yourself. Come on, Jesus, save yourself. And they're laughing, saying, you can't do that. That's such a joke. And us, while you're at it. Save yourself and us. And the problem is the right. Again, he's the Messiah. And, and, and it wasn't that their words hurt because they were making fun of him. Their words hurt because they were speaking, ironically, the truth. The devil says he has a point, you know. I mean, he is the kind you love to save. I mean, he's right in the center of a low-life scumbag, no-good sinner. I mean, come on, Jesus. He's one of your favorite people. Why don't you do something? Save yourself. Jesus, you and I both know on airplanes, they're going to say, you must put your own mask on before you put your mask of your child on. Come on, Jesus, save yourself. And, and then I'll tell you this. Let me tell you, I'll make a deal. You save yourself, then you go out and have fun and you save as many people as you want. You just have a heyday. Save a bunch of other people. Come on, Jesus. You don't have to do what you're doing. You don't have to stay on the cross. Save yourself. Save yourself. Save yourself. It was, I think, the last temptation of Christ. It was a genuine temptation of Christ because there he sat. And the reality was the devil knew and he knew he could have done it. He could have saved himself in an instant, in a moment, immediately. A snap of his fingers and he's off the cross. A snap of his fingers and the crowds gather. A snap of his fingers and everybody declares him king. And the Romans are gone. He could have done all of that. He could have saved himself. Could have done a lot of good. But in that moment, every one of us hangs in the balance because the truth of the gospel is that Jesus knows that if he had saved himself, he wouldn't have been able to save us. In, in a sense, we come to the one thing Jesus couldn't do. <laughs> he couldn't save himself and us. In the movies, we find a way for the hero to, to save the victim, and then the hero saved as well. Jesus has to choose. You see, somebody's got to die, him or us. And somebody's going to be saved, him or us. But he can't save both. <laughs> he can't save himself and us. And the heart of the gospel, why we're here tonight, is because in that moment, he chose to save us. That is the good news. In that moment, 
He chose to die and to pay the price for your sin and for mine. To pay the price for the brokenness of the world. And he couldn't save us and himself. So he chose us. Friends, as we go through these passages, see the love of Jesus. That is so overwhelming. Let's pray together. Father, as we read these passages, as we sing these songs, open our eyes and open our hearts so that we may once again know your amazing grace. Jesus, brother, savior, you hung there and you could have just been done with it. And yet you died for those of us who mocked you. You died for those of us who insulted you. And so show us your love and give us the hope that in your death we find life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 22, verse 39 through 53. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone throw away and knelt down praying, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you do not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you the day after day in in the temple, you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Luke twenty-two fifty-four to 62. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out 
and wept bitterly. Judas, Peter, a poem by Lucy Shaw. Because we are all betrayers, taking silver and eating body and blood and asking guiltily, is it I? And hearing him say, yes. It would be simple for us all to rush out and hang ourselves. But if we find grace to cry and wait, after the voice of mourning has crowed in our ears clearly enough to break our hearts, he will be there to ask us each again, do you love me? Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, and he said to them, you brought this man as one who is misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. But they all cried out together, away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, for whom they asked. But he delivered Jesus over to their will. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to a place that is called the skull, where they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And he cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is Christ the God and his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging there blasphemed him, saying, Are you not one of the Christ? Save yourself and us. And we read from Luke 23, 44 to 49, and it says this, It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun lights failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last breath. Now when the centurion saw what had, happened, what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for the spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home 
beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the woman who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Remember, he chose to save us rather than himself. It was my sin and his love that kept him there. I want to invite you to join us to come back Sunday morning for the rest of the story because the father justifies, vindicates, and raises the son, the sacrifice who gives us life. So join us then. And as you go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with you on the best days and in the worst days.